This is Shakespeare Closely Read. I'm your host, Mark Naftal. In this podcast, I read the works of William Shakespeare and other authors in the public domain. In addition to reading these works in their entirety, I will stop frequently to comment on the text, its meaning, and lessons to be drawn. This is a place for lovers of Shakespeare's words, words, words. I delight in the beauty of his language and believe through this beauty we can find truth and how to live a virtuous life. I hope this podcast can help students understand Shakespeare better and how to appreciate his sometimes difficult language. Maybe you can use it to help you write papers or study for tests. Drop me an email at shakespeareclosely at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, alternative interpretations, or would like some help. Let us begin. Last episode, we are near to wrapping up uh, Henry V. Peace negotiations are uh, are beginning, being presided over uh, by Burgundy, and he is discussing uh, the sad state that, that France has fallen into uh, with the devastation of war. Even so, our houses and ourselves and children have lost or do not learn from want of time. The sciences that should become our country, but grow like savages as soldiers will, that nothing do but meditate on blood. To swearing and stern looks diffuse attire, and everything that seems unnatural, which to reduce into our former favor, you are assembled. And my speech entreats that I may know the let why gentle peace should not expel these inconveniences and bless her with her former qualities. So everything's growing wild um, in France. Um, obviously, Burgundy, uh, this character, and therefore Shakespeare, did not think that uh, nature was uh, an un, un, untamed nature was necessarily a good state of affairs because uh, everything's growing wild and savage. And uh, and the students aren't learning, so, uh, children aren't learning, and so forth. Back to the text, King Henry. If Duke of Burgundy, you were the peace whose want gives growth to the imperfections which you have cited, you must buy that peace with full accord to all our just demands, whose tenors in particular effects you have and scheduled briefly in your hands. So uh, Burgundy's got his list of demands there, and uh, Henry's not going to be shuffled off with uh, just some lofty talks, a talk of peace. He wants his demands given. Burgundy, the king hath heard them, and to the witches yet there is no answer made. Henry, well then, the peace which you before so urged lies in his answer. So uh, Henry's willing to go back to war. King of France, I have but with a curiosity eye or glance the articles. Uh, we would call that a cursory glance. Uh, the word here is cur- curs- cursitory, not curiosity, cursitory eye. Or in glance the articles. Please with your grace to appoint some of your counsel presently to sit with us once more with better heed to resurvey them. We will suddenly pass our accept and peremptory answer. So he wants a chance to look at it again. Uh, King Henry, brother, we shall go, Uncle Exeter, and brother Clarence, and you, brother Gloucester, Warwick, and Huntington, go with the king. And take with you free power to ratify, argument, augment, or alter as your wisdom's best seat 
shall see advantageable for our dignity anything in or out of our demands and will consign thereto. Okay, so uh, Henry gives uh, authority to his nobles, to his family, um, to modify the demands uh, as need be. Uh, so he trusts them that much. Back to the text, still Henry. Will you, fair sister, go with the princes or stay here with us? Okay, this is directed to the Queen of France. Queen of France, our gracious brother, I will go with them. Happily, a woman's voice may do some good when articles too nicely urged be stood on. Okay, so he's saying that, um, that maybe she can get them to agree, uh, too nicely urged. Um, sort of a nice way, if you will, of saying that uh, uh, one side or the other won't, won't give. Maybe a, a woman can help reach agreement. King Henry, can leave our cousin Catherine here with us. She is our capital demand, comprised within the fore rank of our articles. Okay, so Henry is demanding uh, uh, the hand of, of Princess Catherine in marriage. Uh, so he's still sort of a military man here, and very, very blunt, as we'll, we'll hear in his wooing in just a moment. Queen of France, she hath good leave. All but Catherine and King of England and Alice exit. Okay, Alice is there as a chaperone, King Henry. Fair Catherine and most, false, and most fair, will you vouchsafe to teach a soldier terms such as will enter at a lady's ear and plead his love suit to her gentle heart? Catherine, your majesty shall mock at me. I cannot speak your England. Of course, she's, uh, her English is much better than in the earlier scene when she didn't even know uh, like uh, the words for the, the parts of the body. And so she must have been at work, uh, maybe with Alice teaching her. Uh, little joke there, of course, speak your England. Um, she's about to become Queen of England here. Speak your England. Of course, he means English. King Henry, <clears throat> oh, fair Catherine, if you will love me soundly with your French heart, I will, I will be glad to hear you confess it brokenly with your English tongue. Do you like me, Kate? Catherine, pardonnez-moi, I cannot tell what is like me. King Henry, an angel is like you, Kate, and you are like an angel. Okay, so Henry's doing the best he can to, to woo here. It obviously doesn't suit his blunt military character. Catherine to Alice. Quelle est-il que je suis semblant à l'angle? L'angle? I think, <laughs> I think that means a lamb. Um, or an angel. I guess it's an angel. Alice, oui, vraiment, sur votre grace, ainsi dit-il, King Henry. I said so, dear Catherine, and I must not blush to affirm it. Catherine, oh, bon Dieu, les langues des hommes sont pleines et tromperies. I don't believe men and their, their trumperies, King Henry to Alice. What, what says she, fair one, that the tongues of men are full of deceit? Alice, we oui, that the tongue of the man is, is be full of deceit. That is the princess, King Henry. The princess is the better English woman. Okay, so he's saying English woman would say the same thing. A faith, Kate, my wooing is fit for thy understanding. I am glad thou canst speak no better English, for if thou couldst, thou would find me such a plain king that thou wouldst think I have sold my farm to buy my crown. I know no ways to mince it in love, but directly to say, I love you. Then if you do urge me further than to say, do you in faith, I wear out my suit. Give me your answer of faith, do. And so clap hands on a bargain. 
how say you lady? Okay, so uh, Henry's uh, doing it just like a, a bargain, if you will, between a businessman. It's not very romantic, that's certainly true. Uh, Catherine, so votre honor, me understand well. King Henry, Mary, if you will put me to verses or to dance for your sake, Kate, <clears throat> why you undid me? For the one, I have neither words nor measure, and for the other, I have no strength in measure, yet a reasonable measure in strength. Okay, so a uh, little play there on uh, words and measure, verses and uh, measured or dance. Uh, so he has no strength in measure, yet a reasonable measure in strength. So uh, it could be implying there that uh, he certainly has a, a lot of strength in his army. If I could win a lady at leapfrog or by vaulting into my saddle with my armor on my back, under the correction of bragging be it spoken, I should quickly leap into a wife. Okay, rather interesting image there of leaping into a wife. Back to the text. Or if I might buffet for my love, uh, that is fight for it, or bound my horse for her favors, I could lay on like a butcher and sit like a jackanapes, never off. But before God, Kate, I cannot look greenly nor gasp out of my out my eloquence, nor have I no cunning in protestation, only downright oaths, downright oaths, which I never use to urge, nor never break for urging. Okay, so he's saying that uh, uh, he doesn't like to give an oath that is sore for something, but he will, and if he does, he's not going to break it. Back to the text. If thou canst love a fellow of this temper, Kate, his face is not worth sunburning, that never looks in his glass for love of anything he sees there. <clears throat> Let thine eye be thy cook. Okay, so uh, image yet again of the sun there, and he's saying his sun even isn't a, the sun won't even burn, uh, won't even burn it. That is, uh, turn it red or anything, because he's so so bad looking. I guess is what he's saying, and he's saying he's not vain though. He's not going to look in this mirror. Um, and he doesn't love himself. Uh, let thine eye be thy cook. That is, I guess, uh, make him up like a meal. Back to the text. I speak to thee, plain soldier. If thou canst love me for this, take me. If not, to say to thee that I shall die is true. But for thy love, Lord, no. Okay, so uh, the standard conventional wooing said, "Oh, I'll die if you don't if you don't love me back." He's saying, yeah, I'll die, but, you know, someday, but not because you don't love me. Um, he's very, uh, very forthright, honest here. Back to the text. Um, Yet I love thee too. And while thou livest, dear Kate, take a fellow of plain and uncoined constancy, for he perforce must do thee right, because he hath not the gift to woo in other places. Okay, so interesting there. He says, hey, I'll be faithful because I, I'm no good at this romance stuff, so you can trust me. Um, for these fellows of infinite tongue that can rhyme themselves into ladies' favor, they do always reason themselves out again. What a speaker is but a praetor. A rhyme is but a ballad. A good leg will fall. A straight back will stoop. A black beard will turn white. A curled pate will go, grow bald. A fair face will wither. A full eye will wax hollow. But a good heart, Kate. Is the sun and the moon, or rather the sun and not the moon? For it shines bright and never changes, but keeps his course truly. Okay, so Henry there points out that uh, things that might get a young woman's favor, uh, you know, like someone who's strong, has a has a good head of black hair, black beard, and so forth, um, they're all going to change. 
with age, the fair face will wither. Uh, full eye will wax hollow, that will grow hollow. Um, so the eye, the image there is going to lead to the good heart and its sun and moon. Now, those don't grow hollow. And the image, he starts here with the image of both uh, the sun and the moon. But he takes it back rather and restricts himself to the sun yet again. Uh, now, the moon was known for its inconstancy. Sometimes women were compared to the moon and men meant to sun in their constancy. Um, but the sun shines bright and never changes, but keeps his course truly. And comparing himself yet again to the sun, that's what he's going to be to her. Back to the text. If thou would have such a one, take me. And take me, take a soldier. Take a soldier, take a king. And what sayest thou then to my love? Speak, my fair, and fairly, I pray thee. Catherine, it is possible that I should should love the enemy of France? King Henry, no, it is not possible you should love the enemy of France, Kate. But in loving me, you should love the friend of France. For I love France so well that I will not part with a village of it. I will have it all mine. And Kate, when France is mine and I am yours and yours is France and you are mine. Okay, so he's saying there so much, you know, that um, he's saying... Uh, the princess says, oh, you know, you're the enemy of France. He says, no, I love it so much. I won't give any of it up. Um, it's, he intends to be to be king. Uh, it's a bit it's a bit circular, though. And Catherine says, I cannot tell what that, what is that? King Henry, no, Kate, I will tell thee in French, which I'm sure will hang upon my tongue like a newly married wife about her husband's neck, hardly to be shook off. OK, so that's a, the clinging uh new wife uh, sort of sort of image there, which is a good one to use because they're about to get married. Um, okay, we're going to hear Henry try to speak French, and I'm sure I will do even worse than him. Uh, je crois sur la possession de France, et quand vous avez la possession de moi. Uh, let's see, that's something like, uh, I when I am in possession of France, and then you are in possession of me. Uh, back to the text. Let me see what then. Saint Denis be my speed. Okay, Saint, and we would say Dennis, I suppose, or he would. It's Denis, um, one of the patron saints of France. Dans votre France, et vous, et vous êtes mien. It is easy for me, Kate, to conquer the kingdom as to speak so much more French. I shall never move thee in French unless it be to laugh at me. Catherine, sans votre honneur, les Français que vous parlez. Um, il est milieu uh, que l'anglais, la guerre de Japon. It's as good as the French, that, uh, the English that she speaks. King Henry, no faith is not, Kate. Thy speaking of my tongue and I in thine most truly falsely must needs be granted to be much at one. But Kate, dost thou understand this much English? Canst thou love me? Catherine, I cannot tell, King can any of your neighbors tell, Kate? I'll ask them. Come, I know thou lovest me. And at night, when you come into your closet, you'll question this gentlewoman about me. And I know, Kate, you will to her dispraise those parts in me that you love with your heart. But good Kate, mark me mercifully. They're rather gentle princes, because I love thee cruelly. That's interesting, love thee cruelly. 
by the text. If ever thou beest mine, Kate, as I have a saving faith within me, tells that thou tells me thou shalt. I get thee with scam, scram, scambling, and thou must therefore needs prove a good soldier breeder. Okay, so he's gonna he wants to have a uh, good uh, yes boys that will become soldiers uh, uh, with her. And of course, uh, had Henry the Sixth, who was not exactly a good soldier, but that's a different story, a different play. Back to the text. Shall that not not shalt not thou and I between Saint Denis and Saint George? That's the patron saints of each of their countries. Compound a boy, half French, half English. It shall go to Constantinople and take the Turk by the beard. Okay, we're we're back yet again to the idea of the Crusades there, and that. Uh, so at this time, I'm not sure Constantinople had actually fallen. It was uh, they were desperately seeking help against the Turks, but uh, Constantinople didn't fall until uh, 1453. Back to the text. Shall we not? What sayest thou, my fair flower, de Luce? Catherine, I do not know that. King Henry, no, tis therefore to know, but now to promise. But now promise, Kate, and you will endeavor for your French part of such a boy, and for my English moiety, take the word of a king and a bachelor. I'll answer you, de Boublel, Catherine Dumont, Montrecher et Devant de Catherine, your majesty of François, enough to deceive the most sage demoiselle, demoiselle that, that is in France, king. Now fie upon my false French. By mine honor and true English, I love thee, Kate. By which honor I dare not swear thou lovest me, yet my blood begins to flatter me that thou dost, notwithstanding the poor and untempering effect of my visage. Now beshrew my father's ambition. He was thinking of civil wars when he got me. Therefore was I created with a stubborn outside, with an aspect of iron, that when I come to woo ladies, I fright them. But in faith, Kate, the elder I wax, the better I shall appear. My comfort is that old age, that ill layer up of beauty, can do no more to can do no more spoil upon my face. Of course, Henry didn't live that long, so he didn't have to worry about old age spoiling his face. Back to the text. Thou hast me if thou hast me at the worst, and thou shalt wear me if thou wear me better and better. And therefore tell me, most fair Catherine, will you have me? Put off your maiden blushes. Avouch the th thoughts of your heart with the look of an empress. Take me by the hand and say, Harry of England, I am thine. Which word thou shalt know sooner bless mine ear withal. But I shall tell thee aloud, England is thine, Ireland is thine, France is thine, and Henry Plantagenet is thine. Though I speak it before his face, if he be not fellow with the best king, thou shalt find the best king of good fellows. Come your answer in broken music, for thy voice is music and thy English broken. Therefore, queen of all, Catherine, break thy mind to me in broken English. Wilt thou have me? Catherine, that is as thou please, the roi Montpuer, as, as, as it pleases her, her, um, her father, the French king, King Henry. Nay, it will please him well, Kate. It shall please him, Kate. Catherine, then it shall also content me. King Henry, upon that I kiss your hand, and I call you my queen. Catherine, laissez monsieur, laissez, laissez, let go, let go. Ma foi, je ne veux point que abasse votre grandeur et basse ma, ma, 
the Malan that own Notre Seigneur, our Lord, indigné serviteur, excusez-moi, je vous supplie, montrez puissant, Seigneur, you're very puissant, you're very bold to kiss her hand, King Henry. Then I will kiss your lips, Kate. Okay, he is getting really bold now, Catherine. La dame de demoiselle pour votre basse devant le nos. Il est no pas de canton de France. We French ladies don't kiss on the lips, can we? Madame, my interpreter, what says she? Alice, uh, that is not the, the fashion for the ladies of France. I cannot tell what, what basse en anglais. King Henry to kiss. Alice, your majesty entendre better que moi. You know, your majesty understands better than I do, says Alice. King, it is not a fashion for the maids in France to kiss before they are married, would you say? Uh, oh, oui, vraiment. King, okay, nice customs, curtsy to great kings. Dear Kate, you and I cannot be confined within the weak list of a country's fashion. We are the makers of manners, Kate. And the liberty that follows our places stops the mouth of all fine faults. As I will do yours for upholding the nice fashion of your country and denying me a kiss. Therefore, patiently and yielding, he kisses her. You have witchcraft in your lips, Kate. There is more eloquence in a sugar touch of them than in the tongues of the French council. And they should sooner persuade Harry of England than a general petition of monarch. So uh, she's more, her kisses are more persuasive um, than all the nobles and the monarchs of France would be. Enter the French power, that's all the nobles. The French king and queen and Burgundy and the English lords, Westmoreland and Exeter. Here comes your father, Burgundy. God save your majesty, my royal cousin. Teach you our princess English, King Henry. I would have her learn, my fair cousin, how perfectly I love her. And that is good English. Burgundy, is she not apt, King Henry? Our tongue is rough, cuz, and my condition is not smooth, so that having neither the voice nor the heart of flattery about me, I cannot so conjure up the spirit of love in her that he will appear in his true likeness. So, King Henry's saying he, he can't woo because he's not, uh, he doesn't have the, the words and so forth to say. Burgundy, pardon the frankness of my mirth if I answer you for that. If you would conjure in her, you must make a circle. If conjure up love in her is true likeness, he must appear naked and blind. Okay, so uh, Burgundy picks up on Henry's uh, image of witchcraft there and say, draw a circle, which is like for casting a spell. And um, uh, naked and blind, um, I guess that could be a reference to, to Cupid and the, that love is blind. Uh, back to the text, Burgundy again. Can you blame her then, being a maid, yet rosed over with a virgin crimson of modesty, if she deny the appearance of a naked blind boy in her naked seeing self? It were, my lord, a hard condition for a maid to consign to, King Henry. Yet they do wink and yield, as love is blind and enforces Burgundy. They are then excused, my lord, when they see not what they do, King Henry. Then, good my lord, teach your cousin to consent winking, Burgundy. I will wink on her to consent, my lord, if you will teach her to know my meaning. For maids, while summered and warm, are kept like flies at Bartholomew Tide. Blind, though they have their eyes, and then they will endure handling, which before would not abide looking on. So a little image there of, of wooing, and I suppose cuddling, and so forth, uh, when they become married. 
King Henry. The moral, moral ties me over to time in a hot summer. And so I shall catch the fly, your cousin, in the latter end. And she must be blind, too. Burgundy, as love is, my lord, before it loves. King, and it is so. And you may, some of you, thank love for my blindness, which cannot see many a fair French city for one fair French maid that stands in my way. It's a little threat there that he might uh, start taking cities again. King of France, yes, my lord, you see them prospectively, and cities turned into a maid, for they are all girdled with maiden walls that war hath never entered. Okay, so the king says, oh, no, don't take our cities. Henry, shall Kate be my wife, king of France? So please you, Henry. I am content. So the maiden cities you, you talk of may wait on her. So the maid that stood in the way for my wish shall show me the way to my will, king of France. We have consented to all terms of reason. King Henry, it is so, my lords of England, Westmoreland. The king hath granted every article, his daughter first, and in sequel all, according to their form, firm proposed natures. So King of France gave in to everything, and he's consented to uh, Henry marrying uh, his daughter. So uh, looks like all they need to do is have a child, and both kingdoms will be united. Of course, that didn't happen, but looks nice now. Exeter. Only yet not yet subscribed this, where your majesty demands that the king of France, having any occasion to write for matter of grant, shall name your highness in this form and with this edition in French. Notre cher fils Henri, roi d'Angleterre, hérité de France. And thus in Latin, proclaim Missimus filius noster Enriquius rex Angleterre et hors France Franquier. Okay, so. Um, he had not subscribed this. So he's not willing to say um, that um, say that he's uh, uh, to call Henry his son, uh, king of England and heir of France. That was probably the, so that when the king died, Henry would in, inherit the crown. So I was saying that's still to be determined, king of France. Nor this I have not, brother, so denied. But your request shall make me let it pass. So he seems to be saying, well, I'm not going to quite do it, but it's going to become that way anyway through, I suppose, the marriage, King Henry. I pray you then in love and dear alliance, let that one article rank with the rest, and thereupon give me your daughter, King of France. Take her fair son, and from the blood raise up issue to me, that the contending kingdoms of France and England, whose very shores look pale with envy of each other's happiness, may cease their hatred. And this dear conjunction plant neighborhood and Christian-like accord in their sweet bosoms. That never war advance his bleeding sword twist England and fair France. Okay, so they, they're looking at each other with hatred because um, they envy each other's happiness. So that's a rather strange image there. Um, but that it be peace. Of course, it wasn't peace. And uh, France and England remained at war for quite some time. Uh, only until the start of the 20th century did they become allies, really. Lords, amen, King Henry. Now welcome, Kate, and bear me witness all that here I kiss her as my sovereign queen. He kisses her and flourish, Queen of France. God, the best maker of all marriages, combine your hearts in one, your realms in one, as man and wife being two are one in love. So be there twixt your kingdom such a spousal that never may ill, Ill office or fell jealousy which troubles off the bed of blessed marriage, thrust in between the paction of these kingdoms to make divorce of their incorporate league, 
that English may as French, French Englishmen receive each other. God speak this amen. All amen. King Henry, prepare we for our marriage on which day my lords of Burgundy will take your oath and all the peers for surety of our leagues. Then shall I swear to Kate and you to me and may our oaths well kept and prosperous be. Senate, they exit. Enter chorus as an epilogue. Chorus. Thus far with rough and all unable pen, our bending author hath pursued the story in little room confining mighty men, mangling by starts the full course of their glories, small time. But in that small most greatly lived the star, the star of England. Fortune made his sword, by which the world's must garden he achieved, and of it left his son, imperial lord. Henry the Sixth, an infant band's crowned king of France and England, did this king succeed, whose state so many had them managing that they lost France and made his England bleed, which oft our stage has shown, and for their sake, in your favor minds, let this acceptance take. And he exits. Okay, so there the chorus at the end says, Hey, Henry the Sixth was born, he was king of both France and England, and then he lost France, and because um, really bad advisors in the Civil War descended upon England yet again. So auspicious end as far as Henry V was, was, was concerned, but it did not last. So uh, Henry VI, uh, there are two Henry VI plays. I'm not gonna do those now, I find them a bit weaker plays, so. I believe next we will turn our attention to Richard III, uh, which again speaks of the nature of kingship. So uh, uh, we will be able to continue that line of uh, the theme of, of the plays, but also uh, very much about the nature of evil. So we will pick up there next time. But until then, adieu.